What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Happy Friday. You're watching the Entrepreneurial Web, listening to the Entrepreneurial Web special New Year's broadcast from my restaurant, Della, in Brooklyn. What's up? What up, Brooklyn? What up, New York? So the station is closed this week. We're doing this pop-up broadcast because I like to keep energy going once there's some momentum. No reason to stop. No reason to rest. Sleep is for the dead. I don't get much of it. So we're here doing this special episode with, we're twins, this is my twin brother. We just have, we, we were born from different mothers. It's very special the way that worked out. But uh, <laughs> this is my, my head chef here at Della, a dear friend, somebody that's been a big source of informa information, information and inspiration for me over the, uh, the last four plus years that we've, uh, we've been working side by side almost every day. My boy, Ish, Chef Ish, we also call him uh, Smiley, yeah. and uh, he has a couple other names, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's here today to talk about his journey. He's had a very, a very interesting journey, especially for me, someone that, that grew up in the States, um, and, and, you know, most of us have some sort of, uh, some sort of combat, some sort of struggle uh, throughout our life, but this gentleman has had some serious struggles. He's come from from a, a you know some hard places, uh, and he's just got this level of resilience and gratitude. Uh, I have I have not seen in many people before. Um, you know, no matter where they come from. So that's how he's he's always been that source of information and inspiration for me. So, what's up? Say hi, Ish. Hi everyone. You talk uh, to the my camera. Name is, um, uh, Lamin Kujabi, aka Chef Ish. Um, yeah, Jamai has been not only a boss but a brother to me. We all came here. <coughs> when I came here, he gave me the opportunity to become a sous chef, and then after I became a, a chef. But now growing up, <coughs> coming to this country, excuse me, so uh, we, I grew up with uh, my parents, uh, we have six kids. They have well, tell them, tell them where you're from first. Where are you from? I am from Gambia. It's a country in West Africa, by the coastline. Uh, we call the Gambia um, the smiling coast of Africa. Ah, that's where you get your yeah, smiling characteristic. Exactly. So smiling the people coast. are so friendly. Yeah. And... Um, Everybody's friendly. Everyone is nice there. The country is, uh, it's a small country, 1.5 million people. And it's right next to Senegal, Senegal, right? yeah. Nice Which is a, a big country. Yeah, Senegal. Is, in fact, we used to describe it as uh, the mouth and the tongue because Senegal surrounded Gambia almost three, three. So you're the tongue, yeah, huh? three and a half. I mean, like <laughs> three quarter way, like almost, yeah. So we call it the tongue and the mouth because if you look at the map of the Senegal, inside it then there's gambia inside so this is why they say the all, all other parts has been surrounded by senegal is that why you guys are so loud too uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no all right so what what would you say is <clears throat> one of the main reasons why you the the country has this uh notoriety for 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 smiling what what do you think contributes to that i mean that is like uh we just believe in one thing like that is we believe like if you don't have it 
that should not stop you from being smiling. It doesn't mean like when you are when you cannot afford it, or you or you should be sitting down, thinking you know being sad, being this. No, we move on and struggle and work hard for it. Even though sometimes it's very tough before you get right. there. Mm-hmm. So, but um, we feel like that should not stop you. Like keep moving, and you have the faith that one day everything will be good. So this is how we we operate and. It keep moving. We keep moving like that. Right. And, and it's like a cultural. <laughs> yeah. A, everyone. A cultural. You, you will uh, see feeling. someone. He doesn't have food in his house. Right. You ask him, "How are you?" He say, "I'm fine." When he is not fine, because there's no food <laughs> right. in the house. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> or someone is just uh, maybe his parents are sick, or he's not all, all right. He's on the sick bed and say, "How are you doing, ma?" Is there, I'm good. When he is not good or she's not good, she's just you know. So that's how that's how the culture is. Even right. you. <laughs> Even you are suffering, you you are always being po- just try to be positive. Right. Always try to be positive. You know that's how we go. In so so tell us a little more in, in detail now about what it was like for you growing up uh, in the Gambia. You were saying you you have five brothers and sisters. Yeah, five brothers and sisters. We, uh, my mom got three mo- three boys. Uh, my parents got three boys and three girls. And you're the and oldest. And I am the oldest. Yeah. Right. Which so, comes with a big responsibility, right? Exactly, in your culture, it's exactly, like yeah. you so can't you, fuck around. Yeah, <laughs> you have to make sure that you you achieve something mm-hmm. for your brothers, your brothers and sisters to emulate, right. to to follow you up. And again, you have to make sure that when your dad, because your dad will get to a certain age, they will not be able to walk, right, or walk uh, or arm or something. So right. you have to make sure that you walk towards that. By the time they are old, you know, uh, they couldn't walk to do all stuff to provide. You are ready to provide for them. So for so for you, you you you're coming up in this culture that emphasizes no matter what, just having a sense of gratitude. Yes. Like you gotta you gotta put on your smiling face regardless. Exactly. exactly. But then particularly for you being the oldest son, mm-hmm. the f- oldest child, and being yes. a son as well, yes. um, in within your family structure, mm-hmm. you were expected to take on this leadership role exactly. you had like you said you gotta you have to leave something for your younger brothers and sisters to emulate exactly. you are the one that they're gonna look to exactly. once the patriarch can no longer provide the way that he had well, historically for the family so yes. you had this because you you always demonstrated very good leadership ability mm-hmm. in addition to being super positive and the exactly. two of those I feel like that's like a that's like you know when uh, Pie Pie would eat the spinach and he yeah. would flex up. That yeah. that's I think really amazing and always mm-hmm. impressed me about you. Yeah. So what was what was the scene like for you as a kid? Like you told me, but for our listeners especially, I want people to get a sense of where you came from. Exactly. What was what was school and education like for you? All right, as uh, a kid. Yeah. So you know, first of all, they, my parents they are poor. Mm-hmm. So my dad was just a mere driver in one of these companies called telecommunication it's called Gamtel so he was um, a driver there but then Gambia you know drivers they don't earn much right and my mom was like a market vendor like mm-hmm. going to sell mangoes and stuff right. like that mm-hmm. to, to for us to survive us selling like uh, things with pies and pancakes and stuff just to, for us to survive that time and it was tough if you have those kind of kids and now you thinking about their education but my dad, one thing that made me proud of him, he said he did not go to school, you know, but he will make sure that his kids are going to school. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so but um, the problem uh, was that like when uh, in the Gambia there's like this no school at all, like no elementary school, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing, no, no school. He went to like this Arabic uh, Dara. It's just to how to pray. They teach right. you how to pray and stuff. But like he didn't that. go to like yeah, sixth so grade, learn my, to read yeah, and write. Yeah, but my mom went to a French school, mm. but didn't finish it. And, and how did she end up because going? of also because of the poverty, the same poverty right. the parents couldn't afford to pay. How did she end up going to French school? That's crazy. Yeah, so my mom is raised by her aunt uh-huh. in the capital Banjul, and her aunt that, that that's my grand that's her aunt and her aunt was uh, uh, was uh, in in Dakar was staying in Dakar before. Then he came. She came to Banjul in the mm-hmm. capital, where he was in the city, the main city of Gambia. It's called Banjul. So he came to. She she was staying there. Then my mom. She raised my mom there. So and then after that, then she said because she like French, so she wanted my mom to learn French. You know. She, and Dakar is a pr- pretty popping city. That's like. Dakar. Very metropolitan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dakar is a, it's a great, yeah, it's a big city. Or Gambia is a little bit more rural yeah. and well, it's yeah. coastal. So, so it's like, yeah, the different. Actually, like, Gambia and Dakar, Banjul, Dakar, they're the same people. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, the colonial differences. Yeah, <laughs> there's the a French, little. Yeah, there's an imaginary yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The French and the British they mm-hmm. divide. The British took the other side, and gotcha. the French took the other side. That's the, but it's the same people. They just divide us. So Senegal speak French, and we speak English. Right. right. So they, this is how we. So when we grew up, then my mom went to school for certain level, like maybe maybe grade six or grade grade five, and then. But the the most beautiful thing is that she don't forget speaking French. Like sometimes right. she do speak French, mm-hmm. you know. So, but she she's very into education too. So I, she would be one helping us at home, try to learn small mathematics things. Then she will be trying to teach us and. And that time, the problem we have is is very tough. Like uh, when we are going to school, your parent has to provide you most of the things that you need for education, starting from uniforms. We have they, they have to provide you uniforms, books, and uh, table and chairs. Like so, talk about that because I don't <laughs> think many people that grew up in the United States yes. have have had to do this. What yes. was the situation with your desk? Oh my God! So, like in the '80s, when I was going to school, there was no desk. There is nothing in the class. You have to bring your desk, or you will not have a place to sit down. You had to. And so, was there a bus? No. Oh, that's that's it. That's it. So, if your parents are rich, they'll be able to buy you a table and put it in a car, and they take it for you. Mm-hmm. But for me, my parents are not rich. They couldn't do it. And I'm very ambitious. I want to go to school because I don't want no one to be reading newspapers for me. Right. Well, at that right. time, that was my goal. I was like, I don't want anyone to read newspapers for me. I want to be reading my own <laughs> newspapers. So when I see people reading newspapers, I admire them. So and, like, and how yeah. old were you when you when you when you saw that when you felt that way? How yeah, old? I, I was like maybe seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Ago. I was starting to. I started right. to. Yeah. Nice. So then I I started saying no. I have to work hard towards this. So. He will give us. Then my dad will be thinking about how to carry all this. I said, "Me, I will carry mine." I was young though, but I would put the table <coughs> because before, if I put the table and the chair, it's a little bit heavy, and I was young. So I'll take a rag, roll it, and then put it on the head so that it will not, like the table will not be very hard on my head, mm-hmm. so it can be steady on my head. And I put the table and walk almost like um, because my house and where I am is like three miles or so. 
So I'll walk all that. Walk yeah, three yeah. miles. Oh, I think yeah. It's even you guys it's catching all this? Yeah, it's like three, three miles. miles yeah, and I put it with on the my desk head, on his head. And my head, and then I walk up to the school. I put the table down. Then I walk back home and bring the chair. And then you know the same thing with my younger sisters. You know, by then my other brothers were very young, so they were. You had to go back and get the chair. I have to go back and get the chair. And at the end of the day, did you have to do the same thing? Yeah. So no. So now we're gonna leave it there until the time ends. Okay. When the time ends, then you have to take it back because okay. if not, so you didn't have to do it every day. No, you have but to do it every like, for example, end of time, like end of, uh, for example, you are closing for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So you have to take it home because if you leave it there, when you come back, you will not find it there. Someone will take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so you don't. You have to make right. sure that you take it back. Or sometimes they may be shaky and stuff like that. So you take it back. You gotta fix then it. Then you have to. Yeah. So my dad will. My dad has these hammers and nails in the house. He, he will do himself. Like because you cannot pay a carpenter to come and fix that right. again. And so he will try to bring the shake things, shake the, and started hammering it. <laughs> and started hammering. That's how I fix things too. Yeah, I yeah. shake it a little He's bit. Like, yeah. And then he will be like, I think it's good. Yeah. And he will be hammering. Okay, this one is good. Then you take it in the store. We have a small. We take a small, like corrugated room. Uh-huh. You know, he nailed it himself, and he said it's gonna be a store. So that's a whole story. Right, right. So we will, <laughs> any anything that we have, so he will put it there, and then uh, we'll keep it. When we open school again, we carry it again, go to school. So I, I remember one time when I was going to school, and there's uh, someone, you know, in Gambia. Like sometimes when your parents are too much known in this political arena, they tend to take some advantage over you. Yeah. So there's this girl. I don't know. Her parents, people are saying he's a counselor or whatever. So she, she took my chair from my class because the, because my, the the lucky thing I have was that my uncle was a carpenter, but he he always, he don't stay in the house where we are. But so when he made that chair, he wrote my name under it, mm-hmm. and no one knows that. No one know. Uh, we don't even me. I didn't know until at the latter part, he told me I wrote your name under the um the chair so that in case on the table so in case if it's lost because someone gonna yeah, take yeah, it someone, <laughs> so he told me that i said that was okay. coming so it looks like i know one day i woke up in the morning i, I was rushing going to school i went i didn't see my chair so <clears throat> my teacher said okay you know what go around the other classes and see maybe you will see it lying down somewhere i said okay but then i went and i found one girl sitting down there I was like, oh, I'm sorry, this is my chair. The, the teacher of the class, of the girl said, it's not my chair, he's not gonna give it to me. I said, no, this is my chair, my father bought it for me, my father made it. So I was standing, I helpless, I started crying. I was like, because now they, I have no power, the teacher is saying that I'm not gonna take it, and I know that this is my chair. And I was standing at the door of the class, and while my class is on, they're not waiting for me. Right. And I'm standing in the other class, waiting, uh, trying to appeal to the teacher that this is my chair. But because the girl's father, I think, is one of these connected with the government people, so the teacher also didn't want to do that because I guess right. you know sure. because of the girl's father's position. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to take advantage. So I was, so I stood, at, I stood uh, by the door there crying, until the principal of the school saw me. He said to me, what are you crying? I said, my chair is inside here and this girl is sitting on it, but the teacher is saying, I'm not going to take it. So my, then um, my teacher said, um, uh, then the, the principal said, why? We're going to see 
Let's see. Are you sure it's yours? I said, yes, it's mine. My name is written under it. So they went there. As, as we went there, the principal called the teacher. He said, why? He said, the, the teacher is insisting that it's not my chair. I said, my name is written there. Just look at it. If, it's, if my name is not there, then it's not that one. So he said, what's your name? I told him my name. And then they told the girl to get up. So the girl get up. And then they look at the table, the chair, they turn it, and they saw my name there. And the, the principal said, oh, of course, it's his chair. He has to take it. Why don't you tell your dad to buy your chair? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so they said, so you took, uh, the teacher was there. The teacher was also like, yeah, you know, his father is this and that. And that. They were trying to show us that his father is that. The principal said, no, that doesn't matter. This right. is his father bought his sweat from his sweat. The chair, gave him the chair to go and sit. So I was crying and I went with the, the tears were coming out on me and I entered into the, my classroom and my teacher was, what happened? I said, they refused to give me, give me my, my chair. My teacher also was sad and everyone was, they feel sorry for me and then I came back. And you know, some things like that do happen. Sometimes people took advantage over me when I tell my dad, he don't know what to do because this government thing, he, I will look at my dad's eyes and I will know that he's angry, but he cannot, he don't have power to do, he don't know what to do now. He will just, he will say, no problem, I will work hard again and find you another one. Right, right. Those are the things, you know. So tell us a little so, bit about <coughs> the the political landscape too for you growing up. I mean, what were things like? Because you served in the military as well. Yeah, so, but uh, it's like. And how far did you go in education before we move on? Yeah, I went up to high school. Okay. Uh, I went from graduated from. But the military side is, it's like, it's not like, it's like intelligence, kind of like, so that's why I don't like to talk that too much. Oh, you you know? So you don't so have to talk about it. But yeah, you did, you did, you were in. Yeah, yeah, in somehow, the military yeah, as well. in the service, yeah. Um, so, so you went through high school, and did you go into the military after that? Yeah, no, yeah, uh -huh. after that, but I, after that, then I, that's when I was starting, I started doing that under that and then after from there I walk I left that side and I started working for the telecommunication. You work for the telecommunications company. Telecommunications Yeah. Your English is better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> so telecommunication sector, that's uh there was one company, it's the biggest company in the country, the whole mm -hmm. country is called Gambia Telecommunication Company. It's called Gamtel, the short name is Gamtel. Gotcha. Yeah. So I that's where I started working as a planning you know, we do planning and designing of networks, of mm -hmm. cable networking. So that's what I started doing until I became a technical officer there. From technical officer, so <clears throat> my reason, that was one of the reasons that triggers me to travel. Mm -hmm. Because I was there, so I, wa I couldn't get, because I cannot get my bachelor's, because my degree, because I, I we cannot afford it, right. and the company did not send me. So when I, uh, when I started that, I was there for 10 years before I was promoted, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, yeah, so I was like, this is gonna be too much, for, this is gonna be tough for me. I don't know how will I go, because I need to, I, I cannot be at the same place. Right. And I need money to pay for my university or to, I, the, I look for The scholars. goal was education. Yeah, you education, wanted to get yeah, a degree. Education, I, I wanted to get a degree, so, and I don't know how to get it. So I did, what I did was, then the GTMI, the Gambia Telecommunication, they have a, uh, we have a college, a small college there, so where we study software engineering. Mm -hmm. So I, I happen to study like up to a uh, diploma level of software engineering. 
So that's what I did, and I said it's an uh, it's a an exam conducted in Cam is it Cambridge? Is it in London? Okay, it's a link with overseas. Mm -hmm. So they will send you online, and you you do the exam online while you are in the Gambia. That's what I did, and I get a diploma in that in software engineering. Nice. So from there, then my company started recognizing, and then they pushed me straight to an engineer. So that's when now I became a planning engineer mm -hmm. uh, in uh, in Gamtel. So from there, I was like, no, I have to f move forward. So this is how what triggers me to start looking how to come here mm -hmm. or London, anywhere I can be able to, right. be, you know, get and get my degree. And at this point, <coughs> you had done some you had done some education yeah. after high school. Yes. So it was like like the way are you familiar with like community college here in the states where like. It's not a four-year university. You, you yeah. usually get a two-year degree, but you can get yeah. one in like communications yeah. or something. Yeah. So it was some, something similar to that. You yeah. had kind of exhausted yeah. as far as the resources yeah, exactly. were available. Yeah, that's what I did. They, they had no scholarships. Yeah, there were scholarships, <laughs> but it has to be like who you know. Yeah, you know, sometimes right. yeah, you can get stuff, and, but before you get there, even the company I work for, they send people, but it's like you have to work hard, like. You have to know somebody, the director or right. a, a right. manager. You gotta get your files. Yeah, put yeah. To the top. So, but exactly, right, right. someone has to push you there. That was the biggest thing. So, if you don't have things like that, it's tough for you. So, if you, so I when I started, just imagine I was there. Some people came before me, and they are not even high school product. They are promoted to like maybe senior stuff, mm -hmm. and I am still at my place. I couldn't be gone to. I couldn't get like up to like even. A senior technical officer. I was only a technical officer. They call it TO. Mm -hmm. I've been there for ten years, and then after after that, then they move us to. Then they realized that we were long overdue. That's when Keba and Ami. There is another lady. Those um, Ami Khan was our boss that time. She was the senior technical officer, and we are technical officer. Me and Keba, Keba and I. So uh, then after they promoted Keba and I together. And Ami too. So Ami was moved to senior engineer, and they moved us to engineer mm -hmm. because we've been there. I mean, actually, Ami even was there for more than eleven years in that position because I met her there. Right. And she's still there. She still was there. Yes. Right. It was really the, the moving was very stagnant. So right. We right. Not even so slow progress. It was a very yeah. very slow progress. So that, that's how I moved, and and then from there I said, you know what, I have to start doing something, uh, thinking about going either London or US. To further my education because this cannot even make me survive like my salary once it, so this is this is it in the gambia we survive with rice mm. if you buy a bag of rice from your salary and what you know you cannot only buy rice without right. buying other stuff like vegetables and stuff right. and your groceries and stuff but if you took if you took if you take those things from your salary they are nothing left right so now going to work you have to be struggling you know what how you struggle by going early morning, standing outside looking for lift people who have these pickups, double cabin pickups, you know, pickup like trucks, mm -hmm. sure. and then you try to wave, hey, are you going to <laughs> bind you? Yes. Then you jump at the back of the truck and sit there, they take you for free. That's right. how, so you're going to be doing that until the month ends. <laughs> so you had to carry your desk and chair to school oh. as a kid. Oh my you God. had to hitch a ride to save money as an adult to just try to get ahead. The slightest oh, little bit. Exactly. So, what did it look like you coming to the states? How did that all work out? Yeah. So I I tried to apply for schools mm -hmm. and then um, 
they gave me some uh, acceptance. But the problem, when uh, what problem I have that was that if I this if I use the school at that time, I will not get the statements like the bank what is in my account mm -hmm. to finance it. So the embassy might say that, <laughs> right? Yeah, you cannot provide this and that. So then I came in uh, and a friend said, okay, you know what? I will invite you, and you come on vacation. Then you can. From there, you can try to go to the school. Right. See, that's that's how I did. Then, so I uh, a friend invited me, and then I came here. When I came, and then I started. I said, you know what? So I will go to the college. But then, when I went to the college, I realized that I cannot just go to the college. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so it was like I have to get enough strong uh, money and right. stuff like that, mm -hmm. and uh, I have to change my status for, first and stuff like. That. Right. So that's when. That's when I got um, I, married, I married here. Right. And then we, we things didn't work, but even though so I started pursuing, I said. But then I got the opportunity to come here. If I did not go to school and I go back to Gambia, I will start from scratch. Right. I said no. That's not. I rather start from scratch here than to start back home. And what did, what did scratch here mean? What, <laughs> what, what position a, did you yeah, have? I started working as a porter. And explain for everybody that doesn't know yeah, what so does a porter do? Yeah, <laughs> so this is uh, my first job. There's one Senegalese guy. He cleans restaurants. Right. And then he told me, uh, if you want a job. And actually, when I came here, just a week, my mom passed away. And she was the one, you know, like, um, she inspired us a lot. Like, right. even, uh, I will come to that. But then she, 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 um, she passed away just a week. I, I just came here. I don't even know where I am. I don't know how things are here. Mm -hmm. I was so, I am so new. So therefore, I didn't know a lot of things. And then my mom just passed away. I was here. I didn't even know they, because I didn't have a phone. I was on Facebook on like a, a computer, mm -hmm. and I see people say, "Accept my sympathy." I was like, "That's how you found out about your mother." Yeah, that's how I found out that my mom has passed away. I was like, "Oh, no, wait a minute!" So I scream in the house because I was alone, and my right. mom, you know, how connected I was. Right. And when I was coming, she was sitting on the bed praying for me, like she was like, "May you go there safely, you know, work hard, and you know." They gave me good advice, you know. I said yes, and then I came as I left. Less than the day I got one week in this country, that was the day she passed away. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, "Oh my God!" Now I'm devastated. So now I said I have to find a job because now the funeral and stuff we have we have this cultural thing like forty days right. prayers and charity. So on that one, I have to make sure that I, f I provide something for my family. My mom, my, my dad cannot. Well, that time my dad just retired. Mm -hmm. Also, the year I came, that's when he re he retired. So there's nothing. In the house, like no no provider. My right. brothers are going to school, right. so no provider for the house. I I have to do something now. So I said, okay, now what I'm going to do is. So that's when I talked to that Senegalese guy. He said, I I do clean restaurants. So I put my egos down, like saying that because I I work in a telecom, I'm an engineer right. and stuff like that. Right. I put that one down aside. I said, no, I'm not even gonna worry about what I'm in after in right now is survival and the survival of my my family. So I said, okay, so. And then I started working as a porter, and then they told me you have to start at uh, midnight. <laughs> I said midnight, and I don't know much how to travel. So I went with one guy, 
the restaurant they told me the first day that was in 2010 that heavy snow that came in New oh York. yeah i remember yeah I that remember. was one of the yeah, heaviest yeah. snow that was the very day it was very snowy and Didn't i snow like that in the yeah, i've never <laughs> seen snow that was <laughs> that was the yeah that was the craziest part of it because i don't know snow and then that day it snows very well and it was very cold so I walked there, they gave me the guy who welcomed me, he who helped me with his house, and then he gave me boots and stuff like that. I said, mm. This is what you're going to wear, and then you go. I said, Okay, I will go. So we went, I went with the guy. The guy I went to couldn't read writings. So when they told him the address of where we are going, he did not know the address, he did not know the name. <laughs> I can read and write. But now he couldn't pronounce what I'm supposed to read. <laughs> so I don't know the address. It's now that I remember, I know the place. It was Essex and Beauty. It's on Essex and Delancey Street, yeah. around that area. Essex, yeah. That was the place. I, so it's now that I know, because I remember the area. But at that time, I didn't know nothing. I don't know anything. I was like... So but you were you were taught English, like in the Gambia. Yeah, you, yeah. You if speak you, yeah. native, uh, whatever, is it Jola? Jola, I'm yeah. a Jola by tribe, and uh, but I can speak three. But languages. you were taught. Yes. you were taught English. Yeah, young. English it's, is it's, it's our official language. So you're spoken there. Yeah, so you can at least. But just to paint the picture, so you're you're new to the states. Your mother just passed away. You don't even have a phone. You found out through Facebook. Yes, you, exactly. You left the telecommunications job that yes. was moving slowly, but at yes. least you were like an engineer. Yeah, exactly. And you come to New York, and you have to wash, you have to clean restaurants. Um, yeah. Starting at midnight. Midnight, exactly. You, and, you're, you're, and my first and, night was the biggest and, and you, night. You got to go to the East Village, <laughs> and it's snowing, and, it's and you're with snowing. a guy that can't read. Exactly. And, and can't find the address. Can, gonna find that was address. like that was your first day at work oh in my the United God. States. Yeah, and and it's snowing like crazy, and you never. Oh seen my snow God. Never seen, and in fact, sometimes I walk into the snow, I get stuck. <laughs> so my friend will be like, "Okay, we have to help each other. Like, bring your hand, and we, I'll bring, I'll give him my hand." Man, I and paid money to me. see this. This is like the sequel oh to coming to America. Oh my God! Exactly. <laughs> this is more than coming to America. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, and then and the, the the thing is, when we before we found out, it was already two a.m. And the guy is waiting for us. Right. He was very mad. And that was that's supposed to be my first day of work. Right. He said, your first day of work? You are late at this time? I said, no, we didn't know the address. Because I, for me, at that time, I don't have a phone. So I cannot, um, I couldn't find out where we are. So this guy, who can help me? Who He doesn't know the name. Until one lady. We are lucky. The last person around that area, in that, that area, I, don't, I guess that I, I can say that was the last person we saw because they shut down all the roads. Mm. So she said, uh, this a lady. So she said to us, where are you guys going? So the boy keeps saying, beauty. <laughs> so he was like, we are going to a place, beauty. So then the boy said, do you know the name of the street? Then the guy now remember, he said, sexy. I said, no. Then the girl said, I think, oh. Then the lady said, oh, maybe it's Essex and Beauty. Because yeah. the guy is keeps saying sexy. Instead of Essex, he was saying sexy. So I was like, oh, my God. So the lady said, I think it's Essex and Beauty. You are almost there. So he, she pointed us. He said, go to that place. It's that place right there. So we went there, and we found uh, the guy, the Senegalese guy mm. who was helping us. And he was standing very mad also. I was like, oh, my God. I don't want to lose this job. So what, what makes me lucky what makes me lucky was that when I told I told him that I'm sorry, I did not know the place. I've never, you know, I've never, I was never out, and this is this snow. This is my first time seeing it. So I started appealing that you know I need mm -hmm. this job. 
my mom just passed away i have to do funeral for her and stuff like that so i appealed to him and he looked at me he feel sorry he said really you just came i say yes and, and where were you living at the time you i were, was in the bronx you were in the bronx yeah i was in the bronx and um, he said okay no problem because of that that, that sadness so he he feels sorry for me you know despite when i want to explain that sometimes i kind of feel emotional right but uh yeah that that was that guy that's why i love him because you know he he understood he said your mom passed away i said yeah he passed away she passed away when i just got one week just yes that was like yesterday mm. like i would say two days before when they call right. me yeah when my dad when they call me for this my mom passed away so he said okay all right then no problem no problem i i i forgive i it's all right i was gonna say go home but this is a condition that i understand so that's how i started nice. walking mm -hmm. and i cleaned the restaurants it was like in one restaurant it's, it has top floor three floors so we divide they divide us some will be in the second floor some will be on the ground floor some will be up floor. so we that's how we did it mm -hmm. and then i started cleaning it cutting my fingers and, and you would go from like midnight until like until seven until, yeah seven until the morning yes, until right. the morning yeah that's what we do and we go home back and then i sleep daytime so that's what even make me not to know the city earlier because mm -hmm. i always go at night right and then i sleep daytime but you also saw we don't have to go into detail but mm -hmm. you saw some pretty crazy things working late in restaurants right coming into restaurants late at night and yeah, yeah. seeing the city but also some of these places like what's happening which is quite foreign based up from where you were from right yeah 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 it's, it's like it's some of the stories you told me it's, i grew up in it so i yeah, you know it's, it's normal to me i'd seen it as a kid and i, I just thought that was like how people behave yeah <laughs> yeah i would see people you know yeah stuff. we don't go into detail yeah, yeah so you have imaginations so we can things. use yeah so from that point that was like 2010 yeah. you, you started here in 2015 but in that time you went from just yeah from working the the like <clears throat> absolute worst shifts yeah, in the restaurant um, uh, arguably some people i did that, that almost one year uh -huh. one year yeah more than one year and how did you how did how, what did the progression look like for you yeah so when i started doing that then i changed my shift again um I, so i started working because i did i said i need i need more money mm -hmm. so i was like okay so that the same man said if you want a dishwashing job right i can find a dishwashing job where when you leave this place at seven o'clock you can go for a dishwashing job from eight o'clock till maybe three three to four yeah so uh, you're working from midnight until yeah. three in the afternoon yes and then and I then back at midnight back home, again then i go sleep a little bit and then go back again midnight so yeah. that's how i was doing it until i gathered the money for my like 15 my 15 hour days yeah so and yeah. at that time it was like seven dollars per hour right so i work all because that, that so i have to do that so that i can be able to do my which was mom. probably still more money than you made at home Oh yeah, right. far, far, far. Yeah. But your expense, you're living in one of the most expensive yeah. cities in the world, yeah, and exactly. having to adapt. Exactly. You have to rent uh, right. bill. So that's then. That's when I started. They said you cannot find a job here without having a phone. If you don't have your phone, how are they going to get <laughs> rich with rich you? So I said, so you're okay. still running around yeah, with that phone. Yeah, yeah. So I have to find a Yo, small. Man. This guy's yeah. old school. Yeah. So I just look at a small phone and then get. He didn't even have shoes as a kid. He's like, oh, oh I need god. a phone. Oh for. my god. Yeah. Because sometimes I walk to school. Exactly. You. You remind me when i was going to school as a kid sometimes we'll go with slip this flip-flops yeah. that's what we go we don't have my father cannot afford like the sneakers and stuff no yeah we just get a store we go to the store and get a flip-flop sometimes you will use that it will cut right it will just cut off and you will just take a small roll like a, uh, stick, a stick or something, or something <laughs> and try to tie it. you'll be bending down there trying to tie it when you tie it 
sometimes you you use i remember that time i use the the other one is completely done i have one so and the sun you know when the sun is there uh, in gambia the sun is very hot like on the on this sun like this the sun will be very if you step it's on it burning. Yeah, oh yeah. my god yeah. so sometimes i will wear one foot of the slippers and go with that and then and for for like from distance and i will feel this one is now hot i change it i swap it i'll put it on this one and then walk walk <laughs> walk walk until i get to home so when i when i get there so my my dad will see and he knows this boy he really really so my dad will try he tried for me. And you say he's me. smiling when he's telling yeah. his story. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, this so, is, this is kind know. of a, I, a I kind of resistance yeah. most of us it don't prepared, know. Prepared, that's why it prepared us a lot. That's why yeah. it, I, I, we have hiccups here. We are, but I will. I will always when when we have problems here, I will think about the problems I have back home. Right. I'll be like, this is nothing. This is nothing. This yeah. is nothing. Which was which yeah. is great. This is nothing. Which but is great can for you me because yeah. I grew up spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> can you just imagine you get up from school and get home, there's no food. Like your mom has to go and sell those candies or pancakes right. and buy then buy vegetables because you will cook rice. The bag of rice will be there. But now what are you going to eat it with? Right. So we will not have things like that. So my mom will just cook rice and we just take something and put it uh, he would just she will not we will not have nothing so that and you are from school and you'll be there since in the morning you get home and no lunch no lunch they will give you people who can afford will give their kids like maybe a few dollars like take this when you get there you can buy something to eat but that uh, in, in my case my father cannot afford all the time that mm -hmm. those can sometimes we go like that but we will eat in the morning early morning my mom will try to cook porridge you know, and and cook that with uh, with something like mm -hmm. uh, uh, with uh, maybe sour cream and put it in. You eat that quickly and then you go to school. And that was you it. will not eat until you come back right. home. You know, you don't have anything because you cannot buy. You cannot afford it to buy stuff. So what was what was your relationship with food like growing up? Because you, yeah, you so said you didn't have a lot of it. No, and, and, and traditionally. The women did the cooking, correct? Yes, traditionally. So women you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. We're, so, getting, we're yeah. getting to the, we're finally getting to the food yeah, portion exactly. of this program. So, yeah. So, this is why, that's why uh, my, uh, so women are, are the always, uh, they are the people responsible for cooking. Even you you have a daughter, maybe like seven years, they will say, try to teach her how mm -hmm. to cook because tomorrow she will be the your family to cook or whatever yeah. so they will start but then me the different thing is my mom got a son before a daughter right so i am i am <laughs> yeah so this is how so you were practice yeah so <laughs> i have to help her she cannot do all so i will go she will tell me what to buy in the market like i go to the market you know gambia so like here where you go to the supermarket and get stuff most of it now it's at least it's developing a little bit right. where people getting that but, but still, back then what was it still like still now is there we have farmers market right that's where you go and get those but they're fresh the thing is they are fresh vegetables they are people grow uh, that's what we are we, we, farm, yeah. we did the the pilot with my buddy we yeah did a pilot exactly. show here in a year ago yeah and the show was about um it was about farm to table a friend of mine who's making film wanted to do this pilot for submission and he He's been here, he knows the place. He good ambiance, it's good for film. And they were asking Ish about growing up, what what it was like, you know, buying local stuff. And he said, What are you talking about? That's all there was. There was no you weren't getting vegetables from 
like anywhere else. Yeah. So you, were, you weren't getting meat or seafood from any, like it was. It was from right there. Yeah, all you from ate where, yeah, was it's all, it's all like it's like you said. Like, farmers yeah. markets were the only oh, place to get stuff. food. It yeah. was like the local people. They grow in their yards in the back. They, they put it on a on a wagon or whatever. Yeah, or in their farms. They put it in a wagon with a ox cart or donkey or yeah, donkey yeah. cart or whatever they call it or horse cart. Yeah, and then then they take it and then you buy it. And yeah, that's it. And so like all this some even carry it from their houses if they are not far from the market on their head with right. big pants. You see, ladies, they will be putting uh, babies and they carrying babies on their backs and and then carrying that to go into the market to sell that thing. Mm -hmm. And they do that, so they they do that and then. And then they will come and we will sit here and do uh, and they will sit um, and we will um, then when when they come and start selling it we will come and buy and take so my mom that's supposed to be done by a lady but, but if you have a, a sister is the one but now right. I'm the firstborn right. and I'm the oldest so I have to help my mom my mom cannot do all so I have to go to the market for her so she will tell me to give me the money that she has buy this buy this sometimes she will tell me i know the first day sometimes i'll mess up when she said buy onions and tomatoes and so maybe i'll go and buy some or he will she will tell me buy this amount i'll buy either less amount or i'll buy more right. or more you know more amount so they will be like no i did not say that oh my god she was, she and how, was, she, how old were you when you had to do this i think i was around maybe i would say around 12 or okay. something like that around 10 12 mm -hmm. going towards 13 you know up to all, all my almost from there from seven so i can say from eight mm -hmm. all the way till i grew up up, up i go to high school mm -hmm. i was helping my mom in that and did she teach you to cook something yeah well? so yeah. she said this thing and that's what that's what happened right now because he, she said to me you guys need to learn how to cook because you never know where you will end up tomorrow mm -hmm. If you travel by yourself, who is gonna cook for you? Right. You know, here we cook for you. We do everything. But who is gonna cook for you? This is what I that triggers in my mind. I was like, this is true. Yeah. So whenever she is cooking, I will help. Um, this uh, mutton and pistol. Mm -hmm. So it's a big one. So we will put our vegetables there, and we don't blend or chop on. <laughs> no blenders. Blend. No, no. Tell them. <laughs> did you even have a kitchen? <laughs> oh why? Uh, we we will put it in front of the the house and put three rocks three stones and like this and put we don't have the we don't cook with gas yeah we right. cook with firewood mm -hmm. you just get some firewood sticks put three stones like this put your pot on it and then you put firewood under it and uh refrigerators what was that like? oh no <laughs> it's only rich people who have that this story and never gets old i love this i love yeah. asking this it's only it's only rich people because when a refrigerator goes out that's, of air i'm just like i'm like yeah. stop complaining you Actually, know what to do that, that's that's <laughs> even another problem in gambia like right. when the women go and do farming people do farming and stuff like that this vegetable they don't last long because we don't have where to preserve them right so the preservation mm -hmm. side is the most important part. It's the, this is the problem with the Gambia. So for example, like now we have um, we have the season of tomatoes mm -hmm. and uh, vegetables like peppers, uh, some tomatoes, okras, uh, onions. They, they are, if we don't have proper storage, they have certain time to live. Right. If not, they will go it's rotten. Not. Yeah, it's right. the same thing with the mangoes too, mm -hmm. with the fruits. We have we, we don't have proper uh, preservation method. So this is the problem. So some Indians used to come and have this cold store where they will buy mangoes and stuff and put it there, save it there. So that's when in the summertime you can be able to get it or right. you, you know, that's how it helps us. 
But then, but the cooking side, when my mom started teaching me stuff like that, I was very interested in it because I love it and I have passion in cooking. Mm -hmm. So I will start training, training. But then, the, when your friends, boys, they see you doing that, they'll be like, oh boy, come on, man. You are a man. Why? These are ladies. This, this, they discourage you immediately. <laughs> so you'll be like, but for me, I said to them, but also, I have to help my mom because I'm the oldest and mm -hmm. my younger sister is very young. She can she cannot do anything so i have to do it i have to help her so you know so that's why but even though sometimes you, even your own family members some of them will be like look at this boy he's just a fool like you know he's a, but they don't understand but i have passion in food cooking mm -hmm. since when i was young i love it so this so is another another layer of resistance there culturally mm -hmm. where it was frowned upon for a man to cook uh, yeah. but you always had a passion for it you were yeah. like i'm gonna do this regardless yeah yeah you so come to the states it. yeah and somehow end up cleaning restaurants just because you yeah. need money yeah and then, and then started dishwashing then our then our then our paths kind of become similar where i started the same way just like washing dishes yeah and and cleaning restaurants it was like my first my first job and then yeah. uh you know do, busting tables and then one day someone was like hey can you cut this for me yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Ta, 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 ta. And me too. I was passionate about food. And yeah. uh, I had, uh, there was an older uh, woman in my family, my mom's aunt, who taught me like how to fry an egg yeah. when I was like 11 years old. Exactly. And that was it. I was like, oh, we're yeah. going. <laughs> she taught me how to yeah. cook bacon. I was like, we're done. And um, and, and then from there, it the progression it's, goes yeah. pretty quickly, right? Yeah. If you, especially if you're a hard worker. Yeah. You have they, a little they, bit of passion. Uh, yeah. They, when and, their boss, your boss sees you. Yeah. Your boss and if you're not like, an asshole, even yeah, if you are yeah. an asshole, we've seen plenty of those. Yeah. But, so from like 2011 to 2015, you, you worked a number of places. You yeah. worked under some, some chefs, some yeah. actual chefs. Yeah. You learned a bunch of stuff. You yeah. came here as a mm -hmm. sous chef and then and pretty quickly took mm -hmm. over. Like yeah. in less than a year, you, yeah, you yeah, became the head chef. Exactly. And, uh, and, and, and have been in this position Yeah, ever since. and people ask me, where, which, which college did you go yeah, to? Right. I'm like, I did not go to no college. My college is working from the... Say, I went to the motherfucking real school. That's yeah. where. And, and people don't understand that. It's very good for, for a chef to know from dishwashing, prepping, Absolutely. then cooking. And any industry, any is, industry yeah. that you're in, you should yeah. know how to work your you should know your company from the ground up it's oh, very exactly. hard we are talking about leadership yes. first of all yes. uh when you're when you're a business owner or you're a head chef or yeah. you're the head of anything you you need to know what's happening and I've, I've heard it said this was about like a ceo they were saying yeah. it was on a, another podcast they were talking about what a ceo's real job is and they were saying a, a real CEO needs to know what's happening exactly. in the lowest gears in the company. Exactly. What's have you think the whole thing like a big machine yeah, and it's just yeah. layers and layers of gears and like there's big ones at the top and exactly. everybody sees and they're like, ooh, look yeah, at those big yeah, gears. Yeah. But there's but a bunch of small ones at the bottom. Exactly. They said the CEO needs to know what's happening even to those gears at the bottom. Like, is there a little squeak there? Yeah. Do we need to lube <laughs> exactly. that? Is there like what yeah. has happened? So that's I think that's really important and it, yeah. it definitely helped so, me yeah. along the way knowing yeah. what was going on in, yeah. in every one of those positions what does it take because if you if you haven't been down scrubbing the floors you or sticking your exactly. hand in a you grease trap yeah, like, you you, exactly. you're not you're not really armed exactly to manage that person <laughs> necessarily there's a few people maybe that have pulled yeah, out, but, yeah, but yeah i think yeah. you're much more effective that way yeah so yeah because you if you look something. at it yeah because i started it exactly from there mm -hmm. from cleaning 
from Paul cleaning the floor, mopping, cleaning the dishes and uh, pots and stuff mm -hmm. like that, cleaning the sink and stuff like that. And then I grew up, I, I continue to washing dishes. After washing dishes at night, you go and clean up and mop the floor. From there, you started prepping. Right. So from dishwashing, from that day, now they, they took me off the um, the portership right. because the chef there understands that, yeah, this boy, it looks like he has passion. Because mm -hmm. when, when they are busy and I'm doing the dishes, they, they need some stuff like picking kales and stuff cutting right. and stuff like that. They will tell me, or cleaning shrimp. They'll tell me, you know what? Can you finish? Can you do this? Then before they know, I'll do it quickly and give it to them. Then the chef said, wow. I said, I think you you have some potentials. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So then he moved me from being night porter to from dishwasher to a prep. So I will do dishwashing from 8 to 4, and then I'll do prepping from 4 to Right. Yeah, from right. four to maybe eight o'clock or nine o'clock, then mm -hmm. I go home. You know, that's how it, it changed. Right. I started prepping from prepping, and uh, then they started you teaching me. Yeah, the yeah, they, they, yeah, they would throw me on the line, and then I started writing, and they would teach me temperatures and uh, and uh, to know the temperatures and the, the the labeling of names. So before in the beginning, I used to have problems with the names. Right. You know, they will tell me, oh, this is a kale, a Caesar dressing. Oh, this is a that, or that, stuff like that. So I'll be like, what is that? So, you know, but then after, as I'm doing it, I, I get used to it. And I know a lot of things. I become familiar with so many things, mm -hmm. you know. And that's why it's very important. Before you cook, you know how to prep. Because prepping made me to know right. all those things right. before I started cooking. So I started cooking. But then when I came here, the, I have to give thanks to you guys uh, for, you know, trusting me from that someone who did not go to a culinary school, who doesn't know what is cooking, which I started cooking all over here. And then you guys trust me to be an assistant chef to the chef who was here. And then after then you trust, still trust me to make me the chef again of the restaurant, mm -hmm. I have to thank you guys well, very, very it's much. Mutual. Because and that's, um, that's, that's a really good segue. I, I usually do a, a quote of the day. And when when we broadcast from from here or do a pop-up, I tend to mix things up a little bit and don't I, I don't start with it. And I didn't want to today because I wanted to get to this point and mm -hmm. it, it happened organically really wonderfully. Mm -hmm. But so I want to share the quote of the day now, which is from a, is from a business personality that I quote often. Simon Sinek, you'll have to get familiar with him. You should follow him on LinkedIn. He mm -hmm. says some really great stuff and I quote him often. Um, and the quote that he just posted it today to his Instagram account, it's give people a reason to come to work, not just a place to come to work. And you just kind of nailed it. it. It comes down to trust. And I hear a lot of major business personalities talking about that today where me growing up in the States and, and getting to know the business community um, you know, as a young person started, you know, I started early, like 16, 17, I was running a restaurant already, you know, I was already a manager yeah, yeah, at yeah. 17. So I've been at it for a while. And, and this was like the early 90s. And there were still, you know, a lot of people that were practicing things from the 70s and the 80s. And, and trust was not a big part of it. You know, people didn't trust you that like, everybody was suspicious, you know, suspicious of your employees suspicious of vendors just yeah, suspicious of yeah, everybody exactly but but giving somebody and and i did receive this to an extent which is the reason i was able to share it at mm -hmm. some point somebody did trust me to and just said you're a hard worker you're a good person you might not do things the way that i would oh, do them but exactly. i think you'll represent my company and my brand well i'm going to allow you some some space some creative space 
and and for you like we knew early on we could trust you we knew there were some things you know you still needed to learn we all do like that's continuous but you were you embraced that it was obvious too that you embraced ongoing education you were willing to learn whatever like no matter what challenge i put in front of you you've always been like it's smiling i got this don't worry or if i come in and i'm like fuck things are bad right now you're like Oh no no no! It's gonna be fine. We're gonna just do this. <laughs> like, yeah, all I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But you you've proven yourself with that, and I think it's really important for for everybody to hear that message that it's it's not just about providing a job. Like, oh yeah, here's you know here's some money. We I, I often talk about this on the show and and some of the other things you've seen me do in relationship to customers where. So we, we have our menu, we have our food, our, you know, our item listed, and the price. That's the exchange. You would think that's like that's enough. It stops right there. This, this dish is worth this price because you're giving me the dish and I'm giving you the money. But really, if you really want to capture people's attention and you want to maintain a relationship, there's this idea of added value where you as the provider have to take it one step further. And you've seen, I mean, you've done this in a number of ways without even asking. You just create relationships yeah. with customers. Of you come course, out yeah. of the kitchen. Little and, kids and that's the, come up the, to him. They're like, come back just to see him. You know, yeah. they, they drag their parents to the restaurant. This is not like a kid restaurant so much, you know. Yeah. But but you've created that um, yeah, for, I mean, for customers. Yeah, exactly, but the yeah. same has to be said, I think, of employees, um, where here's the job description, here's your pay. You know, like... Yeah. Um, clean and dry that's it but as employers you, you it, it behooves yeah, you yeah. to go one step further exactly. especially for people that are that are showing the drive the ambition that have that have earned the trust you know to give them that that space where they can act in a creative way where they feel like it's good like it feels to me like you've always felt like this position was good for your soul exactly. not just obviously like you, you get paid decent you know you get to be creative but I feel like at the end of the day you have a deeper connection to you know obviously to me and my wife and and Jane and Elliot and the family and everything but 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 just to the the, the place and the, t- yeah. and the task so, and the I'm, brand like yeah. you you're willing to like go so far for it yeah. and and that, I did that a lot too growing up and yeah. coming up w- under certain and, and, people you know, yeah exactly just just to add on what you said um you know because uh, I realized that this environment is like we work like a community mm-hmm. and that's how Gambia we also work too right. like like a community when you one has something everybody comes out right. with something so and I realized that all these kids that are coming are within the community and the restaurant is within the community. Right. So therefore, it's better you make that connection with the community and have a family. Like, because we don't have, you guys are my family here. Right. I don't have a family here. I told everybody, you know? you're my twin brother. Yeah. We just so, were born in different yeah, mothers. Yeah, you know, this is, this is exactly, that's why. And again, giving me the confidence, uh, giving me the trust, is because you went through it, you understand. It's gonna be different from someone who has never went through like right. someone they've never given that trust and so on they will not understand it but you understand it already like you got you got someone trusted you to say you know what you got it so the same way you also have you emulated the same thing and said you know what you got this i, will, I got yeah. your back and i will be behind you pushing you and that's what you did and you know, it gave me more confidence. Sometimes I do go, suddenly I'll be like, oh my God, what am I going <laughs> well, to do? Oh, sure, we all do. What have I gotten myself into? Yeah, what am I going to do? But then 
you will come up with an idea and then I just say okay let's do it and but I think it's really your resilience and where you come from like coming yeah. through such opposition yeah. but having embedded in your in your psyche in your through your culture yeah, yeah. that hardships are gonna come no matter of what course, as long course. as you're still breathing yeah you have to put on your 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 yeah. strong face your exactly. smiling face because the complaining like one thing Ish does not do he does not complain and the restaurant industry is full <laughs> of complainers yeah. and there's there's plenty of opportunities to complain there's plenty of things that happen yeah. that make you just want to be like really like what the fuck you know this guy just never does it he just never ever complains and that's always been really impressive to me and a good example for me because i i definitely was a complainer for a while um and it it, it yeah. showed me like that doesn't get you anywhere like no matter what like exactly. it's still it is, it, i can't always just like say it. i still never like had to grow up the way that he yeah. grew up so they're they're starting their construction outside again. It's going to get loud, and it's it's that time anyways. We yeah. we pulled an hour. We did really good. We we hit it right on the money, and I feel like you got to tell your story. I want to give you the last thirty seconds. Anything you want to share with people that you think would help them? You know, just a piece of advice, yeah. no matter what. Whether they want to be a chef, whether they yeah. want to open a restaurant, whether they want to sell shoes, yeah. or create a, a digital yeah. marketing something, whatever. You know, give them a piece of, of advice, a little yeah, takeaway. Yeah, if I'm going to say, it's just like keep. I mean, keep your head straight. Always, uh, you know, have your target and have where your like your goals. And you say, you know what? No matter who pushes you down, you're just gonna go for it because. Like, like I said, imagine I was a telecoms engineer in planning, uh, planning and development, and, and now I became a chef. Right. People yeah. were telling me, I, I even had some people telling me, why are you going to cook? Why are you going to cook? I said, listen, I have passion for it. Mm -hmm. If I can do it, I will do it. I mean, if something that I, that's, that's what makes me happy, I will do it. And you know, it makes me happy, and I, I, got my, I can feed my family out of it. I can have my life there, I'm okay. Uh, basically, it's all like that. Even if you're gonna engineer here, what is it for? To feed your family right. and you know get a good life. And this is giving you that. Why would you? And it's making you happy. Right. So what? What is the problem with it? So just focus. Perfect. No matter how they pull you down, just keep straight. Because like I said, you know, for me these things are I, the hardship I see here. Sometimes I feel like it's nothing to compare right. back home. Yeah, right. definitely. So just work hard and go. Yeah, you have schools everywhere. For us, you have schools in different places very far it's not like very close like where you have to walk or you have to pay transport and be traveling all far to get schools you know right. like you know so in in here if you have all those things that's why sometimes i see some people they will complain oh man i couldn't buy this i'm like okay mm -hmm. you are thinking about <laughs> buying a device or something right. like that we for us we are thinking about not even getting vegetables to to eat you're telling me about some stuff right. so so this is what so that's why my advice is just focus and keep going. Keep going. One day the hard work will pay. So hard work pays, man. That's it. That's yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. I can't think of a better message <laughs> to start your year. 2020. 2020 vision. All right? Take the vision. Exactly. Take this advice. Stop complaining. Mm -hmm. If you're complaining, just forget about that and, and get to work. There's so many opportunities and great things that can be done. It might not turn out the way you thought, exactly, but probably the way you expected. Exactly, so, exactly. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll be back at the station this coming Friday. Got a special guest from all the way from Staten Island, my boy Tom Ferry. Thank you all for listening. We'll check in with you next week. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. 
Have an awesome start to your year. Peace. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 